0: Before we get started, a quick reminder that you can hear both of our weekly episodes of the Tom and Hawk Football Show on Amazon Music. Just go to amazon.com slash football show to listen to both our Monday and Wednesday shows each week through the rest of the football season. Coming up on today's show,
1: we're looking ahead to Super Bowl 56. Everybody is like really jumping on the Joey B train. And we dive in a little bit to the Tom Brady retirement announcement. I think he's
0: going to get enamored with the sport of business, similar to what Kobe did.
1: All of that and much, much more on the number one Who Day podcast, bandwagon jumpers, the Tom and Hawk football show.
0: Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? I'm Andrew Hawkins. Welcome to the world famous Tom and Hawk football show, hosted by yours truly and my partner in crime, Mr.
1: Joe Thomas. Joe, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, man. It has been a wild, like, four or five days here in the NFL universe. The bomb of all bombs was dropped. Tell me all about it. Tell me everything that you know, because you're well dialed in in the uh, NFL drama universe out there in L.A. You drill down all your contacts. You turn over every rock. Exactly what is happening. No, what we're not going
0: to do, I'm not going to let Tom Brady take this podcast hostage. (laughs) I refuse to let him be the opening topic Mm. Of a show after the Bengals made the Super Bowl. So, no, Tom Brady won't be filling up our A block, even though we had an incredible chemistry and career together (laughs) in New England for six weeks. Mm -hmm. We made magic in OTA practices. No, I I
1: refuse to let it happen, Joe. Well, let's talk about your uh, Cincinnati Andrew Hawkinses then. I want to hear all all about how they're going to win the Super Bowl with Joey Coolborough. Oh, so you believe that too then? Absolutely. You know why? Because – He's the hot quarterback. And can you imagine a way that builds more momentum and more confidence for you and your team than having a comeback against Patrick Mahomes coming off of the greatest moment of his career, non-Super Bowl, and being able to come back from a huge deficit and beat him in Arrowhead to get to the Super Bowl, potentially win the Bengals' first Super Bowl of all time? Like, talk about momentum bringing into that game. And especially when you think about where the Rams were at the end of their game, right? Matthew Stafford through the game and if it weren't for a dropped interception uh we might not be talking about the rams in the super bowl we'd be talking about kyle shanahan versus joe cool burrow all
0: right so we got the rams versus the cincinnati Bengals. the Bengals are going to be the home team in sofi stadium because every year the home team alternates between afc and nfc it doesn't matter if it's your home stadium or not So this year, the AFC team is the home team. So the Rams will have to do everything as if they are the visiting team in their own stadium. Does that hurt their home field advantage? And I also have a follow-up question for you. Let's say I'm the away team, Joe. You're the home team. Your team gets the ball knocked out, but it wasn't quite sure if you were down or not. What happens is you don't play it on the jumbotron because you don't want the visiting team to see that on the jumbotron and challenge it. In the Super Bowl, is that still the same thing that happens? Like, It's a great question.
1: Who controls the video board? Yes, because it, it matters. Yes, is it is it the Rams people, right? Or does the NFL bring in a unbiased neutral party to control the video board and the scoreboard in a situation like this in the Super Bowl? That's a great question because I was thinking about what you said with home field advantage. I was going to call you out right away and say, there's no home field advantage in the Super Bowl. Like, there's probably an even split of fans no matter where it's played and then maybe 50 maybe more are just general nfl fans they're just people that wanted to go to the super bowl that got tickets through work or it's entertaining clients or whatever so uh i actually have been to a super bowl i went to the kansas city chiefs first super bowl mm. victory um and not the first one like 100 years ago like just recently <laughs> 19, when uh, my boy mitchell schwartz won a Sweet. super bowl yeah, it was not the fifties. Um, and it was like a pretty even mix of cheers. And it was almost kind of interesting, like maybe playing in London, uh, although I didn't play in London either. Cause I got hurt right before that game. But, um, the, the guys that played over there said that it was weird because not one fan group is dominant when like one good thing happens. And so it's just sort of like a general roar throughout the game. And as it gets more exciting, you just hear people that are getting excited. So there's not really that much of a home field advantage. However, if you're able to control the video board a little bit more, there is that process that the coaches have to go through when they are thinking about a review where they have to wait until they can see what the feed is. And if they don't have a lot of time to be able to make that review and they're not getting help from the video board, that could be a big difference maker in this game. And that might affect my prop bets uh at the end of this show see those
0: are the, the hard-hitting questions that we're the only podcast in the game that's, that's, right. that's asking because in that same scenario that i gave you if you're the home team as soon as it happens they play it every angle in loop like 40 times oh, yeah. they're giving you every opportunity to give the coaches a chance to look at it and diagnose right. really quickly if they're going to throw the
1: red flag or not that's right because when you're one of those coaches that is up in the booth and you're trying to look at the replay. If, if that's your role for the team, you're getting the feed yeah. that's coming from the stadium. So if, you're the away team. Typically they're going to kind of slow that down to a snail's pace. And they're, you know, they're not going to do anything that's maybe going to get them in trouble, but they're definitely not going to be helping you out.
0: No, they're going to show like a, a throwback video of an old football game that happened in the franchise. <laughs> Oops. How did that get in there? <laughs> My favorite thing about the uh, Joe Burrow so far, is, you know, Joe Burrow is kind of taking the world by
1: storm. Are we calling him the Joe Burrow the, now? He's reached that he's status. He's
0: the Joe Burrow. He is. He's the Joe, Joe Cool. cool he's Joey Burr. He's uh, what other good names? Uh, I made up the Marlboro, man. It hasn't really caught
1: on yet. Yeah, you know what? Cigarettes aren't quite as cool as they were when uh, when we were playing in Cleveland 75 years ago. <laughs> yeah, they had candy cigarettes as kids. For some reason, that hasn't caught on. The Marlboro man was the cool guy, right? He was like, yeah, oh, he was cool, you're cool as the Marlboro
0: man. Now they're like, dude, man, lung cancer. What are you doing?
1: Maybe that can be your next marketing exploit is you can bring back cigarette commercials. <laughs> bring back cigarettes. <laughs> it's for the kids. Meek. Camel, the kids. think of the children. <laughs> I Meet mean, This cartoon camel, <laughs> think of the guys. Children.
0: Um, oh. yeah. So the bunch of nicknames for Joe Burrow. He is as cool as advertised. Everybody is like really jumping on the Joey B train, which is dope. But my coolest trend about it is they're uh, they're like pulling up old tweets from Joe Burrow, <laughs> and in a weird change of events when that usually happens, it's making him look even more cool. Like they're pulling up like t- debates in 2017 <laughs> of why college. F- athlete should be paid this is before he even took a snap like there's just so there's they keep pulling up old old tweets and they're flooding my timeline and it is making me so happy man because We've been on the Joe Burrow is the coolest man we have ever met train for a very long time. I'm glad it, I'm glad it's legit.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't really know him other than just watching him play and having like mad respect for his playmaking ability and sort of uh, the ice water in his veins, right? That gives him the nickname and the way he's always like bringing and elevating the level of his teammates. And you never see him pointing the fingers even when uh, his knees are being sawn in half by the defensive line over and over again because his <laughs> offensive line isn't protecting him very well. Um, but you never get that feeling that he's the guy that's assigning blame, right? And to me, that's one of the best things that you could say about a leader because that's what draws people to you is like, I know this dude is amazing and he's always got my back no matter what and we're in this thing together and that's really cool. So after the Thursday night game, we had him on the desk because he was a player of the game and he was talking about his relationship with the receivers and Jamar Chase and talking about like every pass he throws, even in practice is a conversation. And I was like, what? What? We're we're like personifying things that are going on in the football field that are uh, lifeless. This is amazing. Uh, Like, and instantly he went on to this beautiful description of like how important that communication is and how they can learn from it, and it's this great process that they go through. And it reminded me of a guy that we can't talk about because this is not the Tom Brady episode. This is the Joe Coolborough episode. Uh, But that's exactly the type of leader and the type of playmaker from a mental standpoint that Tom Brady Mm -hmm. was. And for Joe cool Burrell, uh, the Joe Coolborough, by the way, you officially named him that earlier in the podcast, yep. to be in a Super Bowl with an opportunity to win in his second season will set him up for a Hall of Fame trajectory already mm-hmm. in only his second season. Because what happens in the Super Bowl in big moments always falls onto the quarterback. No matter what is set up the entire game, the quarterback is the guy that either good or bad. That's the narrative that is written on his tombstone uh, when it's all said and done.
0: And he got him there; like he's in a really good spot because they can go in the Super Bowl and get their ass kicked, and no one's going to be like, "Oh man, what a letdown for mm. the Cincinnati Bengals!" Like, yeah, the Rams have all the pressure because they're all in. He's exceeded expectations so many yeah. times just this season alone. Mm-hmm. Like he, they're literally on house money. Colin Wolf and I interviewed him for the first time at the combine, mm-hmm. and we're like set up on the side of, of the field and they were just kind of cycling prospects through. and we, So we talked to a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of you know the, the big-name players in that draft, including T. Higgins and, and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Now, Justin Herbert, he was a little different. He was like... A little more introverted. I won't say that he wasn't cool, but he was very, very introverted. And sometimes when you're an introvert, it comes across mm-hmm. like you're an a-hole, right? Yeah. He's like a really good dude. He's just quiet. He's not... He's you could tell he's uncomfortable when he interviews, but then we interviewed another unnamed quarterback, which I won't say, and they were the fakest (laughs) version of cool and fakest version of confident that you've ever seen. So, like, we couldn't (laughs) wait to end the interview Mm. because this dude was just like, Oh man, Mm. you are not gonna make it, you're not gonna be very good in the league. And then we got Joe Burrow, and as soon as he was (laughs) done, me and Colleen were like, Oh, yeah, man, that dude, he's gonna be a star from day one. You could just tell his cop, he was self-deprecating. But like nothing gets to him. Like, not right, in exactly. like you could just tell. It was like, it doesn't matter what anyone says about me because my cop, what I believe in myself, is the only opinion that matters. And you could feel that from him. And I think his teammates respond to that. And in games, it doesn't matter how much they're down by because they know if this dude believes he can make the play, yeah. I'm going to believe he can make the play. And they don't stop fighting, which is, that's the best
1: trait you can have as a football team. You and I played uh, with... Little hope in many situations when we were uh, storming the NFL. Oh, my gosh. We'd be up two touchdowns and be like, man, this is not going to last. Oh, damn, man. We better take somebody take a picture of the scoreboard right now, and then I can go home and with the lights off, pretend that we won tonight. (laughs) But uh, you and I, we we had a few uh, hopeless situations there, you know, going into some of those games where you knew it wasn't going to be a great ending. But um, I think that when you have hope and belief from a quarterback, and this is the thing that I think I – appreciate the most about uh, Joe Burrow is that mm. hope brings effort out of you because as a receiver, I always give this analogy. I'm like, if you're going to run and you don't think you can get the ball, you're still telling yourself, I want to run and, and sell out on this route to try to get open. But there's that little part that's subconscious in you that is just maybe backing off that gas pedal just a little bit to save a little bit of energy for the next time, right? Well, maybe when I mm-hmm. do have a chance to get the football. And I think when you have a guy like Joe, he gives you that effort to give everything you got on every play because you don't know when he's going to put you on that spotlight, on that pedestal to make the play that wins the game. And that allows you subconsciously, again, to put extra focus in what you're doing, and you get guys that are so much more dialed in. And so I think that's the uh, force multiplier effect that the Joe Cool Burrow has on the Bengals. What is the thing? Because we already know that you think the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. What's the thing about – them and this team specifically going into this game that gives you hope and assurance that they are going to win the super bowl over the la rams because they don't know what they don't know and that's like a beautiful
0: thing that's a great thing because you you talked about the rams (laughs) and all the pressure right like matt stafford is a really good quarterback i know i give him a hard time some people give him a hard time but he did try to throw that game away that game should have gone to the 49ers Mm -hmm. But you can say they have a lot of quarterbacks in those situations. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, yeah. even though he threw for over 300 yards and he won the NFC Championship game, a lot of people are still pointing to that because it's like, look what you have around you. Look how your team was brought together. You're supposed to be great when we go get you four Hall of Famers to surround you with. The Bengals, on the other hand, again, they play loose. They play fast. The best version of an NFL football player is is no thinking, no expectation. Just go play. It's almost really back to a child's game at that point. And you got receivers who are within one and two years being in the NFL. You're running back. They're all under the age of 26. You got a quarterback who it doesn't matter. You said he's getting his knees sawed off. His O-line are getting beat. He's he's spinning out <laughs> of the hands of other Pro Bowl defensive linemen to make plays on third down. And they're just, they kind of just roll. They have an underrated defense. And so I think them going into this game with no expectation, them just kind of continue to ride the wave because Joe Burrow, this isn't like, it's an underdog story. It's a Cinderella story, but it shouldn't be because Joe Burrow wasn't like, hey, man, I'm just going out here and just doing my best. That's not what he says. He was the number
1: one overall pick. It's not like we're talking uh, undrafted free agent here. He was the number one overall pick.
0: You're right, but think about how many number one overall picks Cincinnati Bengals have had over the last 50 years right? Carson Mm -hmm. Palmer is nowhere near what Joe Burrow is doing. As good as Carson Palmer was, borderline Hall of Famer, he ain't doing what Joe Burrow does. As a matter of fact, he held out to force his way out of that Mm -hmm. organization because he said there's no way they'll ever win here, Mm -hmm. right? And so Joe Burrow off a knee injury. Yes, he was a first overall pick, but he's in his second year. He's off a knee injury. Again, there's zero expectation for him from us. But again, I was saying that it's not like he's like, man, we're going to go out there
1: and see what happens. We're just going to do our (laughs) best. So you don't think that's going to be his pregame speech in the locker room before they go out? Go look at his interviews. Hey, guys, let's just go out and see what happens. (laughs) Let's go have fun.
0: You know, that's what I respect. (laughs) I always love a corner. The reason why, you know, and DBs are annoying as a receiver, I could tell you that. Well, obviously. It's like D-linemen, they're annoying. But the reason why I love DBs, the ones that I respect the most, is when they go out, talk trash ahead of time (laughs) to the person they're playing, and then deliver. Like, that's what catapults you. That's what makes a Richard Sherman a Richard Sherman or a Jalen Ramsey a Jalen Ramsey is when they say what they're going to do to the best and then they actually go out and do it. Go look at Joe Burrow's interviews. Joe Burrow says, after a win, man, I'm just... No, he says, well, I hope you get used to it (laughs) because this is what I'm here for. This is what we do. This this is the new way it is in Cincinnati. We're going to win and we're going Mm. to keep winning. To say that as a young player in his situation, for that organization to be that confident and then deliver... I don't know, man. I don't know. Tell me this, Joe. Which quarterback
1: would you rather have? Who's better right now? Stafford or Burrow? For me, it's Burrow, right? Because my measurement of a quarterback is not necessarily their stats or maybe their ceiling or trying to poke holes and who has the fewest uh, weaknesses. Like, no, to me, being a great quarterback is about what you do in pressure situations. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that can throw the football. When you're throwing – passes in a t-shirt and shorts like it's pro day and there's a beautiful pocket around you and your coordinator has a perfect play lined up and you get a receiver wide open and you hit him like that's what you should do you're an nfl quarterback like those things are expected out of you but when it's that pressure situation and things break down and your first and second and third option isn't there and you have to go make a play like joe burrow does that consistently and that becomes part of who is who he is Mm -hmm. in his dna and that's why he is the joe cool burrow and with stafford i like him I think there's a great chance that he goes out and has a fantastic Super Bowl. But I think you're right, like the weight of those expectations. And he doesn't seem like a guy that gets in his head too much. Like he's pretty laid back and cool Mm -hmm. in his own right. But we've seen it in some of those big moments throughout his career. And um, specifically now with the Rams, like his story as an NFL player, whether it becomes Hall of Fame, Matt Stafford or hey that guy that was really good but couldn't win the big game is all going to come down to what he does in the Super Bowl and I definitely think that Joe Burrow has the edge in that situation.
0: And the Bengals are homegrown, man. I know it takes 50 years to get to that point and to build that kind of team when the Rams
1: can just say, hey, let's just do it in three. (laughs) Only 50 years? Yeah, but it's – I don't know. Well, it it makes you wonder what's the right way to do it. Should we wait 50 years and make it homegrown and then it feels really good? Or should we go all in pretty much every other year or every three-year stretch like the Rams have been doing Mm -hmm. here? And we'll, we'll worry about what happens with the salary cap and everything later on. Like, I'm cool with being a Bengals bandwagon fan right now, but I don't want him to be really good for <laughs> yeah. a long time. Let's be honest here. I know you're okay with that. But uh, my fandom of Cincinnati is the fact that when we played each other in the AFC North, I freaking hated the Ravens. Uh-huh. And I didn't like the Steelers. And I was like, cool with the Bengals, because there was a little bit more back and forth. Mm -hmm. I think there was some mutual respect. And we both, being from not the best franchises during our careers, we both had some struggles. Like there was, I think, similar respect among fan bases. Like, hey, neither of us have won a Super Bowl. We've had a lot of struggles, a lot of heartbreak moments throughout the history of these franchises. So there's some respect there. Whereas it was always like a feeling of getting shit on by Ravens fans and Ravens and Steelers because they were so good and they were winning all these Super Bowls. Um, but I'm not I'm not ready to see the Bengals be really good for a long time because <laughs> it seems like they're the team to beat right now in the AFC. That's what I was saying, man. Josh Allen is like, oh, I'm coming
0: along. And all of a sudden, here comes Joe Burrow and the Bengals. I <laughs> He's know like, nowhere. Like,
1: this is <sighs> supposed to be my time. got to be shitting me. How about me. <laughs> the
0: AFC with those three quarterbacks and Patrick Dude,
1: Mahomes? Oh, my goodness.
0: I mean, just think about AFC quarterbacks in general. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson, who else am I missing? Mm, there's a lot of good ones. Those are five MVP candidates in
1: any given year. And then Derek Carr. I mean, he's yeah, he's got a new coach. Josh McDaniels, the offensive guru from the new england patriots is going to be heading to uh, las vegas to be the new raiders head coach what type of a mm-hmm. fit do you think that is for Derek carr because you know these offenses being that you played uh in new england and that you're just a genius how do you think that is going yeah. to work out in las vegas a good question they hired dave uh Ziegler, who i think is
0: really really good i know dave dave's an ohio guy too um i think he's really smart so they're going to be able to kind of fix some of the personnel issues they've had because they haven't drafted well under Gruden and Mayock mm-hmm. like that like catastrophically bad over the last couple of yeah. years some real bad first round picks, yeah like Cleveland Browns yeah. level bad busts in the first round right so to be, to be able to still win in spite of that was special because I think they did good in free agency but yeah I think I think he kind of writes the ship the Josh McDaniels one is is I'm, I'm not sure to be honest and I know that's not a good sports media take but great great take it's you have to work on that take before you go back on tv this weekend yeah I don't know I think it's it's I mean he's dealt for such a long time with the best football player that would not be named yet um, <laughs> to ever play the game of football. And outside of that, you know, when he was a head coach with the Broncos, he was what, 11 and 17. It is interesting. He started off really well and then it just cratered and crashed. Yeah. In a fiery car accident. It was terrible. It is interesting to see who gets opportunities and, uh, and more opportunities. You know, like he he didn't have a good record with the Broncos. They drafted Tim Tebow. That was not a good draft pick. Everyone knew it ahead of time. They knew it in the middle of it, and they knew it afterwards, right? But yeah, he was he was young there, but he did not perform well. He takes the Colts job. He then turns it down and goes back. I mean, he doesn't have a better win percentage as head coach than Brian Flores. He doesn't have one better than Jim Caldwell. Eric Bieniemy, also an offensive coordinator of one of the you know best quarterbacks we've seen, doesn't get the
1: opportunity. It is interesting how that how that works. So, so that's my question. It's like Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. gets this job right away. And and, and clearly Raiders ownership, they, they had an idea of who they wanted. They probably wanted an offensive guy who's supposed to, you know, be an offensive guru a little bit like they had with John Gruden, because it seemed like um, Mark Davis was pretty happy with the job that John Gruden was doing there from like an X's and O's standpoint, developing a quarterback and sort of a, an offense that could be really successful. And I think that's what he wanted to replicate. So it's understanding to uh, it's understandable to me that Josh McDaniels being Mm -hmm. an offensive guy gets that job, because if you're an owner that says, Hey, I absolutely want, an offensive mind because I don't want to lose my coordinator if we have success and have him go somewhere else and then try to have to replace him like the Falcons did when Kyle Shanahan had success Um, and then Mm -hmm. left to go be a head coach and they tried to replace him and it's just too hard when you have all these moving parts and you're trying to develop a quarterback and an offense and it's always changing every couple years. Let's talk Tom Brady who I love. Um, (laughs) He
0: is the best football player to ever play the game of football. He is a modern marvel. What he's accomplished over his career, there's not a single person, even if he was the best college football player, by a long shot for four straight years at Michigan. And they were like, man, we know this guy should go number one overall. Nobody still could have predicted the kind of career he had, let alone actually being the 199th selection in the 2000 draft in a six-round pick. He officially announces his retirement this week, Joe, give me just honest thoughts on Tom Brady.
1: You know, when you see something just crazy, I remember when I was a kid, um, I was playing AAU basketball and we went out and played in the AAU uh, desert classic, or I forget what the name of it is, but it was out in Las Vegas. There's like hundreds of teams throughout the country. And we went out one afternoon cause we had an afternoon off and I went and saw the Hoover dam. And if you've ever seen the Hoover dam, you go up and you stand on top and you look down and The amount of concrete and the size of this structure is like so big, your brain has a hard time kind of conceptualizing and it's like playing tricks on you. And I feel like that's the analogy for Tom Brady's career, because Mm. you rattle off all the stats about this guy, 22 years in the NFL and all these Super Bowls and all these records. And it's like you can't even fathom and comprehend what he was able to accomplish. And then when you couple that with the fact that he was sort of an afterthought going into the draft and he completely molded himself into the greatest player of all time with hard work and dedication. And it's impossible to understand how rare what we witnessed was. And there's the hater in me and a lot of people because he was kicking your team's ass forever. So (laughs) when you add that little hater level on, the greatness is not really appreciated until it's all said and done. I will say when he went to Tampa and got away from new England, and I was able to sort of separate the beatdowns that I took from New England from Tom Brady a little bit, I really appreciated and respected how he went about his business Mm -hmm. and the way he was willing to sacrifice, in my opinion, more than any other athlete that I've ever heard about maybe there was somebody that had a greater level of commitment to winning and doing everything they possibly could for their team than Tom Brady, but I'm not sure who that is. I mean, this guy eats avocado ice cream. If you don't even eat regular ice cream because you're worried in the off season, that it's going to affect your performance six months later. That's a level (laughs) of commitment. I'm not willing to have.
0: Sorry. I'm out. Right. I think, uh, I think everything you said is spot on, man. I mean, I, I, I have such an admiration for Tom Brady in all seriousness, I mean, he was, what, 14 years old when I was drafted. And he retired five years after me. <laughs> and I played nine years of professional football. So, I mean, that alone is special. And I, and I, I feel like I played a long time and I played half as long as him. Exactly. <laughs> my knees and my shoulders and your knees and shoulders oh, man. will uh, echo the same sentiment. I think he kind of became the 33rd team in the NFL. <laughs> Tom Brady. It was like football, Tom Brady. What he did for the sport in, in his tenure there right? He, he gave people extra reasons to watch games. Either you wanted him to win or you wanted him to lose, or you wanted to see if he could top his last one, or you wanted to see when it was over. You you wanted to see him fall off. And it's amazing that someone could play the game of football for 22 years oh, yeah. I cheered against and him never fall hard. off. He never fell off. So he ends his career throwing for 43 touchdown passes in a season. Amazing. Only 12 interceptions. I mean, he led NFL passing by like 500 yards. He's 44 years old. He mm-hmm. really did defy, you know, what you think is possible in the human body. And I don't care how athletic or unathletic he was. Joe, I couldn't run full speed down the street right now without no chance. having to see a medic, Yeah, you know? And he's 10 years older than me. That's just, he's just special. What he's yeah. meant to the game, his mentality. Um, he's had that kind of impact that you see about the MJs, the LeBrons, the Kobes in basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, he's done that for football.
1: Even the greatest football players that you can think of in history, they pale in comparison. So you were talking about how great this season was for him, and it really was great. I mean, he had an absolutely MVP-quality season. If he is voted as the NFL MVP this season, we Mm -hmm. wouldn't be shocked. Everyone kind of thinks it's Aaron Rodgers because, you know, the bulk of the season, the Packers were the best team in the NFL. They were the most consistent. Aaron Rodgers had an amazing season as well. So you can't really have a beef either way. But – What does this do to Tom Brady's legacy from your perspective that he decided to walk away after having one of the greatest quarterback seasons in history? And he didn't try to do the Peyton Manning or the Brett Favre or kind of hang on longer than he should have and try to go to a place where the team can kind of boost him up and allow him to play maybe a couple years longer than he should.
0: What? But I don't know, because what is longer than he should have? He
1: turns 45 this year. I'm not saying from an age standpoint, I'm saying from a performance standpoint, because so many quarterbacks, even going back to Joe Montana, like they end up slipping a little bit in performance, but they still want to play because they have that passion and -hmm. they play a few bad seasons, kind of like big Ben did this year. Like it's been fun to kind of tease him a little bit, but obviously first ballot hall of fame, unbelievable career. Yes. He didn't look like himself. He couldn't throw the ball to the sideline. Like he just didn't have it, but he still played. And I'm just wondering, does that tarnish your, legacy and um, what you've done throughout your career a little bit to have those kind of down years at the end of your career? And does the fact that Tom Brady walked out on his own terms after one of the best seasons he's ever had, make his story and his legacy even better?
0: Yeah, I don't don't think it tarnishes people's career because you get old. (laughs) What I think with Tom Brady, it was more likely that he was never going to not be great. And I don't know how that's possible. I don't even know what that means. Like if you told me when he's 50 years old, he was still playing like a top NFL quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised because his level it's not just like, oh man, that's pretty cool he did that or well he he ended out on top. he literally defied freaking science, man like that's we've never seen anything like that, maybe ever in sports, all holistically. so if somebody told me that he was the best athlete ever professional athlete ever, I would I couldn't argue it. he's 45 years old. And he was arguably the best quarterback in a league playing against guys who weren't born when he started his professional career. He played half of his life in the NFL. That's wild. So now let's get cynical, though, since we're here. Do you think the timing of his announcement of retirement, when when do MVP votes? Are they already casted?
1: Are they done? Yeah. So they vote right after the regular season is over, but they don't announce it until NFL honors, which is like the Friday or Thursday before the Super Bowl.
0: All right, so his retirement won't skew votes either no. way. Because you know, yeah, everybody would want to vote for him. Everyone would have voted for him. He would have went with an MVP. Yeah. The other cynical part, he writes his retirement letter. He posted it on Twitter. After people started coming at Adam Schefter, <laughs> like Adam Schefter's <laughs> sources haven't paced us for years now. I never, I never doubted you, Shefty. I was never a Joe Thomas <laughs> that said, Oh, Shefty is he has unreliable sources. That's not what Shefty does. Shefty was right. He's vindicated. Maybe he knew that Tom was retiring before Tom did, and that's what sources. He can read minds. But on top of that, Tom Brady does his retirement letter, and he doesn't mention New England, the Patriots, the Kraft family, or Bill Belichick once. Do you think that was a petty shot from Tom Brady, or do you think there's something bigger in the works in New England? Like, Mm -hmm. is Tom Brady going to announce that he is a part owner of the Patriots in a month Mm -hmm. and they do this big hoopla in New England and they're just setting it up because Tom Brady has become a
1: magnificent storyteller since he's adopted social media? (laughs) Well, I think it's pretty obvious as you look at the things that have happened here since we found out that he absolutely was retiring. And you think about uh, the radio show that he had this year and you think about the the. ESPN plus Tom man in the arena show. Mm-hmm. He was definitely trying to tell the story of his last season of his career. And it's interesting that he didn't mention new England and my theory, just stick with me for a second because Giselle was texting with me and Tom. We were on a, a chat group earlier in the week yeah, group chat. and it was, yep. it was, Tom said to us, I'm coming home, babe. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if he was saying babe to me or if it was Giselle, (laughs) but he was saying I'm coming home. And I think what he's announced is not just that he's retiring from the NFL. He's retiring from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so that he can go play for the new England Patriots. And that's why he doesn't need (laughs) to thank the new England Patriots is because, like I said earlier in the week, he's not retiring from the NFL the only thing left for him to play for is the happy ending going back to the place that started it all, the place that he had all or the majority of his successes except for the, the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. He's going to finish with a storybook ending in New England, and that's why he did not mention them in his Instagram post. It wasn't about mm. being petty because he's always been classy throughout his entire career. He wouldn't take this moment, the one of the biggest moments of his career, certainly the biggest post a football moment of his career because he'll never be able to reach the mountaintop of hey tom brady the day he retired right that is sort of the peak because we all just wither and die after our football career is over nobody cares about us anymore but he's going back to new england and you heard it here <laughs> first for the second time wow the terrible takes continue here
0: on the tom and hawk football show <laughs> at least we're consistent hey man you got a double down triple down um It's It's just an interesting thing. He has something up his sleeve. So you think it's petty? I don't know if it's petty. He did a podcast last night that he released that he didn't announce his retirement on. Seems like a good opportunity to do so, especially if you want to up those subscriptions. So he waited till the next day (laughs) to send out social media posts. I don't know. There's something brewing. I don't know what it is. It's not that he's playing. He's absolutely done playing. He's had the best career in the history of professional football. They'll probably name an award after him. I don't know which award they will they would name after him, but they will. Yeah, I just I just think there's something up his sleep. Him not mentioning New England. I almost mentioned New England in my retirement speech and I was there for eighteen
1: days and, and thirteen hours. So what do you think is and- next if you're gonna speculate? what's next for tom brady because he's poured everything he has all of his energy and all of his time into being the best quarterback yeah. of all time and clearly there's going to be mm-hmm. a, a transition a struggle a little bit i mean we all go through it everybody who's played in the nfl everybody who's made football yep. their life and a part of their identity um for a very long time you struggle with that transition and none of us in the nfl ever have had the career and the commitment that tom brady did so for him to put that aside yeah. and sort of reinvent himself. It's going to be tough. And I'm, I'm curious where you think that goes. Cause I don't see him being a guy that wants to go into media. He's not a guy that loves the golf. He's not just going to like get absorbed no. with that type of stuff. Certainly he wants to spend more time with his kids and his wife and probably go on some vacations mm-hmm. and spend some of that trillion dollars that him and Giselle have been squirreling away over the years, but there's gotta be something that he pours that passion and that attention to detail into.
0: Yeah. He's going to, he's going to put it into business. I think he has kind of lived the life of billionaire status. Not quite a billionaire because it's hard to make that kind of money as a player, but now that he has it all, he has those connections. And a lot of times, as you know, it's, it's getting in these rooms knowing which deals are being made that you can be a part of. And I think that's where he's going to take it. I think he's going to take it to that level. I think he'll eventually Mm. be an NFL owner. It'll probably happen sooner than you expect. Mm. Um, I don't think he's going to go into coaching. He's not going to go into front office. He has, he doesn't have the mindset that he wants to work for somebody. He wants to make his own money, and he wants to be a boss. He wants to be a part of ownership groups. I think. I think he wants to build up his companies. He has TB12. He has Autograph, um, and this other one other company that he mentioned in his retirement note that he's he's founded. And I think he's going to get enamored with the the sport of business, similar to what Kobe did. Because even mm-hmm. someone like me, who's in it, it is absolutely a sport, and it's not for everybody, and especially entrepreneurship or all these things and if you're you know in the work-life balance um it's probably not for you you know but if you're the kind of person that likes to wake up early stay up late figure things out beat people you know figure out ways that you can outwork them this is business is it and i think it bodes perfectly well with with tom brady's personality again similar to kobe like kobe i mean he he turned com- his company is a billion dollar company you know even you know after his, his death because of what he put into that and the way he was like kind of approaching it. And I think, I think Tom Brady will approach business in the same way. You
1: know, how great would it be for uh, people that like drama? If he went back to new England and got into the ownership group and then Robert Kraft said, okay, Tom, you now are bill Belichick's boss and he has to report directly to you as his (laughs) overseer. And now Tom Brady is able to sort of get a little bit of retribution, a little vendetta because As everybody knows, their relationship (laughs) was a little prickly down the stretch. And that was a big part of the reason why he left and started over in Tampa Bay. And Bill Belichick just sort of shrugged his shoulder like, oh, well, we move on. I guess Tom's not here anymore. And then now he comes back and he's Belichick's boss. I think
0: ultimately what happens, I think we have another maybe three seasons out of Belichick before he hangs him up. And I think Belichick and Brady eventually become part of the, the New England Patriots ownership group. There's, not, there's, there's probably not a two there's probably not two individuals that have impacted their franchise more than those ones, at least in modern day.
1: Since we're doing wild speculation here about uh, pretty much all things NFL, and both of us are going to be at SoFi Stadium covering the Super Bowl in a couple weeks, and prop bets seem to be everybody's favorite thing to do these days at the Super Bowl experience, let's go over maybe five prop bets and we can take turns picking which side we are on
0: i'll kick things off we'll go through these quickly all right joe are you taking this prop bet Mm. joe thomas is kicked off the field not not Burrow. let's be clear specific joe we're talking joe thomas will be kicked off the field for trying to record our show in the post game from sofi 50
1: yard line are you taking that prop Yeah, that's one of those true and false questions that you get that the whole sentence needs to be true in order for it to give the full true response on your Scantron. Uh, But it's not because, yes, we are going to do our podcast from the field, but everybody's going to be so wrapped up in the excitement and think that Andrew Hawkins is still (laughs) on the Cincinnati Bengals that when they win, they're going to just ignore the fact that we are trying to double dip and do the podcast from SoFi Stadium on the field as the Bengals are celebrating and parading around the field with the Lombardi trophy. You think we're going to be able to do this? Now we're literally announcing right
0: now. And we're and we're not going to get kicked off. We're announcing nah. right now that we're going to try to sneak and do this podcast <laughs> yes. from our phones on the field after the Super Bowl. So now the security is alerted
1: and we're going to have our work cut out yes. for it. But I'm 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 built for it, Joe. I'm ready. Yeah, well, the next prop bet is, does Hawk end up losing his voice and he can't record the post-game show with yours truly? Yeah, because I got the Bengals winning. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be
0: going nuts. I'm going to have a few of those Kyle Shanahan's, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my voice is probably definitely going to be gone. i take that. All right, so the next one. Austin, my son, will go viral with the celebration video after the Bengals win the Super
1: Bowl. Uh, yeah, I think this is gonna happen since Hawk has a prior engagement on Super Bowl Sunday during the <laughs> Super Bowl that he just can't change on his calendar, so we'll be getting the celebration video from this unknown location. All right, I like it. Since you're ready to go grab that turtleneck and Cartier frames on our Monday minicast in honor of Joey Burrow, will mm-hmm. his Super Bowl outfit be valued at more or less than $1,000?
0: easy i hope that's really if that's a real prop bet i'm taking it right now because that thing his outfit is going to be worth at least a cool
1: including jewelry do we count jewelry i don't think you can count jewelry because one piece of jewelry is going to put you over a thousand bucks we're just talking about the threads right now
0: okay so threads yeah it'll be over a thousand because here's what's going to happen this is this is what i know at Joey burrow so far the shoes are going to be top notch the shoes might be over a thousand themselves mm-hmm. but i give them in the $600 to $800 range for the shoes. Um, the pants, you know, it's going to be expensive. You tall guys, there's only a certain, like, level of pants you can buy, and it's expensive for that much fabric. Those are going to be at least 150 So now we're looking at anywhere between 750 and 950 right there. The jacket, he is going to probably shine light on a small business of some sort, or a black-owned business, or a foundation, <laughs> something that like- oh, he's, he's delivering the messages. Giving somebody else the spotlight. Like, yo, you should really go support this local Cincinnati restaurant. Like, He's like that kind of guy. So that, that's going to be the flyer. That's going to be around. Mm-hmm. That could be anywhere between 50 and 100. He's going to pay full price because he wants to show support to whatever the company is that he's supporting and giving him a Super Bowl platform. Now the shirt is where it gets dicey but i think if he's going to go small business with a jacket mm-hmm. the shirt is going to be it's going to be gucci it's going to be <laughs> uh it's going to be louis vuitton yeah. it's going to be amiri and that's going to run mm-hmm. you 250 plus so yeah. I give him over $1,000. That was pretty easy.
1: Because he's going to also try to couple it with shining a light on a small business. You know when I start talking about offensive linemen stuff and your eyes glaze over? That's just what happened to me when you started talking <laughs> fashion. about fashion and clothing. <laughs> My eyes glazed over pretty hard there because <laughs> I think you're wrong. I think it's going to be under $1,000 because what we're no going to see from Joey Coolborough after he wins the Super Bowl trophy is he's going to troll Baker Mayfield. Because remember the Baker Mayfield outfit oh. that became famous? Like He didn't have a very good game, and he showed up in like an old trench coat with a mustache, and he just looked so yeah, ragged. He looked and similar to I you right now. Similar ahead. to me right now. I feel like that is going to be the outfit, and uh, it's going to cause way more commotion than if you would just show up with fancy Gucci stuff like you thought. Do you think Joe Burrow is the type to troll other quarterbacks? Absolutely not, but he's going to take this big moment. When he's on the biggest stage of his life, after winning Super Bowl MVP to – Show a little bit of humor, you know, the funny side, because we see the Joe cool side a lot, but we don't see the Joe funny side all that much. And I think this is his opportunity to transition into Joe funny.
0: I'm trying to think of a, a beloved, a quarterback beloved more
1: than Joe Burrow universally. Like obviously every, every team's fans, they love the, the right. quarterback, but yeah. universally I can't think of, especially this early in their career. I think Peyton Manning was universally loved at that level because people loved his personality he was great in all the commercials he did he was funny yeah. he was always classy and then he, he had the performance to back it up but that didn't happen till later on in his career because he struggled a lot early on in his career Joe Burrow's going to the Super Bowl in the second season yeah no, it's crazy people
0: love him every walk of life loves him too which I think is the yeah. The super rare things about him. Yeah, he's popular with white country boys like me and guys that listen to hip Dude, hop like you. I'm like, I'm trying to think of somebody who fits that bucket and it's no one coming up. You know who was like that but didn't have the ability? Josh McCown.
1: <laughs> that was like a subtle jab. Like, maybe I was going to say Josh McCown, but when you said he doesn't <laughs> have the ability, I was like, oh, he's not going to throw our, our guy Josh McCown under the bus. No, like that. I mean, <laughs> who has the ability of Joe Burrow? But no, you're right. He connected with everybody in the locker room. That's what
0: made him a great leader. That's what people love, Josh McCown. And that's why I do think. Even though Josh has you know no coaching experience at all and he's one of my best friends ever of my football career, that's why because when you're around him, everybody gravitates to mm-hmm. him because he kind of fits in any circle yeah. um, and that's a that's a very rare quality to have. All right, last one, Joe. Here we go. Prop bet. Joe will go up to OBj and give him cryptocurrency advice <laughs> post Super Bowl
1: yeah i definitely take this one because um unlike him and uh maybe you i'm not sure i have never lost a cent investing in cryptocurrency so (laughs) i could tell him absolutely how to be safe with his crypto investing (laughs) i'd rather take fashion advice from you joe than take cryptocurrency advice from you (laughs) so that
0: tells you that is a very low bar (laughs) very low bar all right, well, I think that does it for this episode of the Tomahawk Football
1: Show. It was a fun one. Make sure you tune back in next week. And don't forget to add the Tom and Hawk Football Show flash briefing in your Alexa app and then tell Alexa, play my flash briefing to hear the Monday minicast through your Echo device. And remember, our Monday minicast is now
0: available everywhere for the rest of football seasons. So you can listen to both our Monday and Wednesday shows on Amazon Music or wherever you listen. Joe, final thoughts.
1: Super Bowl... Tom Brady, next two weeks are going to be awesome. I cannot wait to think about all the fun things we're going to talk about with Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, maybe a little Tom Brady retirement sprinkled in there. It's going to be a lot of fun if you're an NFL fan.
0: Oh, so basically, you didn't give final thoughts, any thoughts at all. All right, well, take us out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Joe Burrow, hawk yourself. <laughs>